Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining with us for this week's podcast. As per usual, before we begin our time together, I just want to take a moment and let you know a few things that are coming up in our community. So today, uh, Craig Somerville is teaching and continuing our series, Finding Complete Joy. And a reminder, as we've mentioned the last couple weeks, that at the end of this month, we'll be changing how we communicate through our viewpoint. Basically, in order to receive that viewpoint, you'll need to join the Family Updates group on Realm. And so if you are having trouble with that or you don't have Realm, feel free to reach out at the church office or visit our website and we'll get you the help you need. In a couple of weeks, we have our Ash Wednesday services at 5.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is on February 22nd. And these services start off the season of Lent, and so we hope that you will join us. We also want to make mention of what happened in Turkey and Syria in the last week. And so we want to encourage each of us to be praying for those people and for that area. But also, if you're looking for a place to donate to relief efforts, you can visit our website where we have some options listed. And one of those options is with our denomination, the Alliance Canada, where you can give to the Global Emergency Response Fund. And interestingly enough, we have three sister churches in our denomination in that area that have been impacted. And so we encourage each of us to head over to the Southview website and consider giving to help. And the best way to know what's going on at Southview is by checking out that weekly viewpoint, which I mentioned earlier, and you can find a link to the viewpoint in the episode description of this podcast, or you can go on Realm and join the group I mentioned. And if you're new with us here in this digital space, we would love to hear from you. You can find an online connection card at the bottom of the viewpoint, along with a prayer request form so that we can support and join you in prayer. And you can always find us on Instagram or Facebook. But now today, no matter how you're joining with us, may each of our hearts be open and expectant. Because God is here and Jesus invites us to bring all that we are and all that we're currently carrying to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's seek the face of God together. Well, hello, church. Yeah, you can say hi. It's good to be together, isn't it? It's good to be here in this place. It's good to be uh, online with us. If you're joining online, we welcome you. Thanks for, for joining us, for tuning in, whether it's today or in the future. We're glad you're with us, and it is good to be together to sing, to pray, to witness baptism, to open God's word, and to hear from him, and we'll be opening his word in a moment. Uh, It's actually pretty super to be together. This is a super weekend, and I don't know if you know what's going on, but it's Super Bowl weekend. It's a big weekend, and uh, for those of you who are football fans, the National Football League NFL title game, championship game is this weekend. Uh, it's two teams going head-to-head, battling it out for the sole champion, you know, the title of sole champion for the NFL. So Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs are taking on Jalen Hurts and his Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't know who you're cheering for. I'm not really cheering for either. My team didn't make it, and a few of us on staff are in that same boat, and uh, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, I had to remind Sam that uh, the last time the Vikings had success, it was with a former Packers quarterback named Brett Favre. So, yeah, we just, uh, you know, on staff, we didn't have anybody represented really this weekend with their team. But it's a Super Weekend, a Super Bowl weekend. And in the spirit of Super Bowl, I thought we might approach our text this morning with a bit of a sports twist. 
So hopefully you'll bear with me in that. And if you're not a sports fan, don't worry. We won't be talking about sports the entire time. But uh, so in the spirit of sports and Super Bowl, uh, we're going to open 1 John. We're going to continue in our series in 1 John uh, called Finding Complete Joy. And uh, today we'll be in 1 John chapter 2, 18 to 27. Uh, We'll be hearing from Pastor John, the disciple who wrote this book. And when he wrote it, he wrote it like a sermon to be circulated among his churches in the region that he oversaw. And uh, Pastor John was getting up there. He was getting a little older and might have even been as as old as Pastor Clyde. I'm not sure, but uh, he was getting up there. And and so he wrote these words to encourage the church. And there was a a bit of a, a tension going on in the church between two groups or two teams within the church. And we've heard about them already. A couple weeks ago, Clyde talked about the Gnostics and their view, uh, some of their false views, their false teachings that they were spreading. And this idea that they had this sort of super spirituality that they felt they had received and almost like they were uh, extra special Christians, but they really weren't Christians at all. And these Gnostics were a part of the church. And so John was trying to write to encourage the church in the face of this tension with the Gnostics. So we have the Gnostics, and then we have the true believers, these two teams. So let's open God's Word, and let's see what Coach John has to say to us uh, today. So this is uh, 1 John 2, verses 18 to 27, and friends, remember, this is the Word of God. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth." Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Let's just pause and invite Jesus to speak to us from his word today. And so, Jesus, as we open your word, we open it with anticipation, trusting that you desire to speak to us today. And Holy Spirit, would you open our ears to hear what you have to say to us? Would you open our hearts to receive your word of truth to us today? And would you open our will to respond in obedience to your word? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Coach John in this passage kind of introduces us to these two teams, and we're going to name them with uh, some new names that we haven't really talked about in this book yet. And so the two teams identified here are Team Antichrist and Team Anointed. 
And so John's going to give some instruction about these teams, and specifically to his team, the anointed, uh, he'll give some words of encouragement, but he starts with Team Antichrist. So let's start there. And I thought it might be fun, given sort of the sports twist to things, that we should have a jersey for Team Antichrist. And I'm going to shift gears a bit from football to hockey, so bear with me. I found this jersey in the trash. It was garbage day in Okotoks a couple days ago, and... uh, I thought this might represent Team Antichrist well. And for those of you who don't know, this is an Edmonton Oilers jersey. And if you're an Oilers fan, don't take it personally. This is just an illustration. But for all intent and purpose, this, I think, is suitable for Team Antichrist. I won't hold it up here forever because, you know, that's just taking it too far. But um, it was interesting on staff this week, uh, a couple days ago, I, I messaged our staff and just asked if anybody had an Oilers jersey, and you should have seen the rants that came at me when I asked for an Oilers jersey. And of course, I wasn't asking for it for myself, because I don't cheer for the Oilers, but you know, for this illustration this weekend. But there were some really upset people on our staff that I'd be asking for an Oilers jersey. You know, Don't you know we live in Calgary? Nobody cheers for the Oilers here. And so my response after a couple of these rants was, I'm pretty sure there's one or two traitors among us. So that's why I thought somebody might have one. And sure enough, somebody secretly texted me later on a a private chat. I have a jersey. I'll drop it off at your office. Thank you very much. So John's going to give us some instruction about Team Antichrist here. Uh, So let's dive in. In verse 18... He says, children, it is the last hour, and as you've heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know it is the last hour. And so John's reminding his, the church that uh, these Gnostics that are among them, uh, he actually refers to them as Antichrists, and, uh, and he says there's many of them. So we've heard the, the early church, the New Testament believers, would have known about this idea of an antichrist, sort of an individual that would rise up in the last days against Christ. And, uh, and John says, you've heard about this antichrist, but I tell you, there's many among you. It's a whole team of antichrists. And that's the label he gives these Gnostics, antichrist. So let's read on. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. And so John's telling his, the church, the anointed, this team of antichrists, we know they're antichrists because they left us. They were a part of us, but they went out from us. And uh, almost like this, this tension when I brought an Oilers jersey in front of us, you know, this tension of, that doesn't belong in this place. We're Calgarians, right? We cheer for the, the Flames. I don't know if you've ever been to a Flames game where there's an uh, opposing team playing and the opposing team scores and all kinds of cheers, right? Like sometimes when the Oilers play, you hear lots of Oilers fans in the Flames rink. And it just doesn't make sense. We want to ship them back to Highway 2 and up to Edmonton, right? Go back to where you belong. And that's kind of what John here is saying to the church is they proved they were not with us because they actually went out from us. They're on the wrong team. They're not actually part of the true church. If we read on down in verse 22, John says this, Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. 
And so these antichrists, they proved that they were antichrist because they literally denied that Jesus was the Christ. They denied that he was the Messiah. They denied that he was the Holy One who came in the fullness of God to earth to dwell among us the incarnational nature of Jesus. They denied all of this. And this is a big deal in John's opinion. This is central to the gospel, to the good news. And these Gnostics, these antichrists, denied that Jesus was the Christ. If we read on in uh, verse 23, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. And so in denying that Jesus was the Christ, it proved that they don't actually have a relationship with God because relationship with God only comes through his son, through Jesus. And because these antichrists denied the Christ, they actually didn't have relationship with God, even though they claimed to be these super spiritual believers. They actually weren't. They didn't have a relationship with God. And then verse 26 He says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. These antichrists are deceivers. They're actually trying to influence the church. As they went out from the church, they were trying to bring people with them, trying to persuade them that their views, their teachings were true. And so they were trying to deceive the true believers. In 2 John chapter or verse 7. He says this, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. And so these antichrists were trying to influence the church, and they were trying to sway them and persuade them to go out with them. And so that's Team Antichrist, or our Edmonton Oilers, as we've chosen to represent them. Uh, They're a team of them. They went out from uh, the anointed. They denied that Jesus was the Christ. They didn't have a relationship with God, and they were trying to deceive the true believers. So let's look at team anointed. And obviously, we've got to give them a jersey. And this is hopefully the staff will forgive me for asking for an Oilers jersey now. But uh, here's team anointed, right? And you can even see Jesus Christ represented by the sea (laughs) with the flames of the Holy Spirit upon him and upon them. So these Calgary flames really are the anointed ones, and we'll just put them down here. They're not showing it in the standings right now, but it's coming. Don't worry. Yeah. And then actually, I've got a face of the franchise that I'll show you here. So Pastor Fernando, our pastor of small groups, is a passionate Flames fan and uh, on team anointed. We'll, We'll come back to Fernando in a moment. So Coach John turns to his church, to the anointed, and gives some instruction to them about who they are and the resources they've been given as a team. And so let's look at what he has to say. In chapter 2, verse 20, after talking about these antichrists, he says, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. That word anointed or to anoint is literally to rub on. And so it's like uh, John is reminding the, the believers that Jesus has rubbed himself on them. He's marked them with his presence. When we pray for people in our church, often we pray for healing and we'll gather together and we'll rub oil on the forehead of the individual that we're praying for as a symbol of God's presence with them. And so we rub the oil on, we anoint them with oil. And John's saying to the church, you have been anointed by the Holy One. You've been anointed by Jesus himself. The Apostle Paul 
in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 21 and 22 says this, And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And so when you think about this idea of being on team anointed, we've been marked by God. We've been sealed by him. He's placed his spirit in our hearts. He dwells within us. And that spirit is a a guarantee to us of his presence and the promise of a future with him. And so we have a new identity as the anointed ones, as true believers. And so Coach John wants to remind his team, remember who you are. You're anointed. You've been rubbed on by Jesus. He's marked himself on you. Look at verse 21. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie is of the truth. And so John's reminding his team, these antichrists are trying to persuade you about false teachings, untruths, lies. And he's saying, you know the truth. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, if they've been anointed, if the Spirit is upon them and within them, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to guide them into truth. In John 14, verse 26, Jesus told his disciples, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so the Holy Spirit was given to us in part to teach us and help us remember Jesus' words and to guide us into truth. And so John is reminding the church, reminding the anointed ones, they know the truth. Look at verse 23. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. And we talked, uh, Clyde talked a couple weeks ago about one of the confessions of the early church, the creed of the early church, Jesus is Lord, right? These anointed ones, the true believers, they confess that Jesus is the Christ. They confess that Jesus is Lord. They know the truth about who Jesus is. And as a result, look at verse 24. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. These true believers have a relationship with God because they believe the truth about who Jesus is and they've received him in their life and he abides in them. They have relationship with him. And then look at verse 25. And this is the promise that he made to us. Eternal life. Eternal life. That uh, phrase or the words eternal life shows up six times in the book of 1 John. And the word life shows up multiple times as well. And that's a theme, a thread throughout the book. This hope of eternal life, not just in the afterlife, but in the here and now. And what John's encouraging the church is to experience the fullness of life that's available in Christ. You have a promise of eternal life. A full life. John, uh, in John 10, verse 10, uh, Jesus is quoted in the, the story of the good shepherd. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus desires to give his children, believers in Christ, a full and abundant life, eternal life, both in the here and now and in the future. And that's the promise for team anointed as we think about our series, Finding Complete Joy, where, where better place to find complete joy than in the full and abundant life that's available to us in Christ?
And so that's team anointed. Coach John has given his pep talk. You know, don't worry about these antichrists. Look at what you have. Look at how you've been, uh, you know, look at the, the resources you have as a team. You're anointed by the Holy One. You know the truth. You believe Jesus is the Christ. As a result, you have a relationship with God and you have the promise of the full and abundant life, eternal life in him. So let's just consider the conflict between team antichrist and team anointed. What's the conflict all about, really? Well, if we think about it, Jesus is at the center of the conflict between these two teams. If you think of the word antichrist, they are against Christ and anointed, being rubbed on, marked by Christ himself. Jesus is at the center of the conflict. And more specifically, the central tension in this passage is found in what each team believes about Jesus and how they respond to Jesus. This is a creedal issue. This is a, an issue of utmost importance. And team Antichrist denied that Jesus was the Christ. They denied that he was God in the flesh, which meant that they didn't actually have a relationship with God, even though they thought they were these super spiritual people. They didn't have a relationship with God, and they actually left the church. Team Anointed, on the other hand, confessed Jesus as Lord. They had a relationship with God through Christ, and they stayed, and they continued in the faith. So this passage here in 1 John 2 begs the question of each of us, which team are you on? Are you on the Edmonton Oilers or the Calgary Flames? No. Are you on Team Antichrist or are you on Team Anointed? And I would expect most of us gathered here today would say that we're on Team Anointed. There might be some of us who are maybe unsure. Maybe we're still learning about who Jesus is. We haven't maybe come to that place of decision, and that's okay too. But if you are saying, if you're here and you've, you would say, yeah, I'm on uh, Team Anointed. I'm with Fernando, the face of the franchise. Uh, that's my team. I'm on Team Jesus. That makes for a pretty simple response to this sermon. We could all kind of pack up and go home. But I do want to encourage us that there is a little bit more that Coach John has to say to us, specifically to those on Team Anointed. So look at verses 26 and 27. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. There's a couple things here. One just kind of minor observation. Just notice that Coach John is not telling his team to fight back. He's not telling Team Anointed to go chasing after those antichrists. Get them back here. Try to convince them they're wrong. He doesn't say that. But what he does say is abide in him. Abide in Christ. That's the final instruction in this passage. And I want to unpack this word abide just a little bit. The word abide shows up in this passage alone five times. And our passage is only like nine verses long. The word abide shows up in the book of 1 John 16 times. And the book is only five chapters long. So this word abide is an important word in this book and in this passage. And if we consider this word abide and just maybe some different ways of translating that. Some other translations would say it this way. 
remain. That's what the New International Version says. Uh, The Common English Bible says, remain in relationship to him. The New Living Translation says, remain in fellowship with Christ. Eugene Peterson in the message says, live deeply. That's how he translates abide. If you think about the word abide, it comes from the word abode, right? To live somewhere, to make yourself at home. It's my abode. So what does it look like to abide in Christ? It's one thing to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the Christ. I have relationship with God through him. I'm on team anointed. It's one thing to wear the jersey. It's another thing to say, I abide in him. So to kind of unpack this a little bit more, let's go back to our friend Fernando. I think there's a picture there, yeah. Fernando, face of the franchise for team anointed. Fernando is a passionate Flames fan. He grew up in the Cayman Islands, where I don't think he played hockey, but I haven't actually asked him that. When he moved to Calgary, he fell in love with hockey, and he gave his heart to the Calgary Flames. He put his faith in them 15 years ago. He would say, I'm on team Calgary Flames. I'll wear the jersey. But for the past 15 seasons, he's been cheering for them. He's been faithful to them in the ups and downs, and some of us know the ups and downs of the Flames, uh, uh, how they've done. But he's been loyal. He's been faithful. And I personally would look at Fernando as one of the most passionate Flames fans I know. He listens to the Fan 960, which is the sports radio station here in Calgary. He listens to it daily to get all the updates on the Flames. He follows all their players on Instagram. He reads all the latest news. He sends texts to all his friends when something happens in Flames Nation. So this summer, I got a text when Matthew Kachuk was traded. That was the first I heard the news of the big trade was from Fernando. So he's a propagator of the Flames as well, right? He's passionate. He's faithful. He's committed to those Flames and through all the ups and downs. And he's patiently and passionately waiting for the day that they will bring the Stanley Cup back home to Calgary, right? That's the promise that he's waiting for. You could say that Fernando abides in the flames. He's remained with them. He lives deeply in them. He is at home in his his, uh, relationship with the Calgary flames. So if that's what it looks like for Fernando to abide in the Calgary flames, what might it look like for us to abide in Christ, to remain in him, to live deeply in him, to make ourselves at home with him. So as we draw our time to a close today, I want to pause uh, for a moment of prayer and just invite you to consider those questions. What might it look like for me to abide in Christ? What might it look like for me to live more deeply in Christ? What might it look like for me to make myself more at home with him? So take a moment Reflect on those questions, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Jesus, I pray for me, I pray for us as a church family that our heart's desire truly would would be to live deeply in you, to make ourselves at home in you, to remain with you and in you in the ups and downs of life and to hold on to the promise of life eternal 
life abundant, a full life in you. So Holy Spirit, teach us what it would mean, what it would look like to live more deeply in you, to abide in you, to remain in you, to walk with you, to be faithful with you. And so teach us in these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to turn our attention to the table, to the communion table. And this would be another opportunity, a way to, to live deeply, to affirm our commitment to Jesus, to confess that he is Lord, but then to live deeply in him, to, to literally come to the table and to be fed by him. And so as we come to the table, we're reminded that this bread represents Jesus' body, which was broken for you and me. And we remember that this cup represents his blood, which was shed for you and me, for forgiveness of sin, for a welcome into the family of God, for that new identity in him. And so I invite you to take the elements that you have in front of you and to peel back that first layer and to listen to the crinkling, the soothing crinkling. And once you've got that bread in front of you, uh, just to hold it. And let me just pray. Father, as we come to your table, we do invite you to feed us today. We know that this is a spiritual meal, and this is an act of response. It's an act of confession. It's an act of commitment. And so in this act, in this meal, would you feed us spiritual food? Would you feed us food that would bring us into that full and abundant life that you have in store for us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I invite you to take that bread and hold it. And be reminded, friends, this is Jesus' body broken for you. Let's take together. And then peel back that second layer, if you haven't done so yet. And when you're ready, just hold that cup in front of you. And friends, remember, this cup represents Jesus' blood, which was shed for you and I. Let's take together. I invite you to stand, and uh, we'll have a word of benediction. And as we stand, let's just be reminded that our time together here might be over, but there's time to visit, to connect, uh, to uh, get acquainted with one another here on Team Anointed. And um, yeah, so take time to do that. Go to the Visitor Center. If you haven't been there, uh, we'd love to meet you there as well. But as we go from here, let me just speak these words of benediction. And if, if it's helpful for you to have open hands in front of you and a, a posture of reception, I invite you to do that. And let me just speak these words over us today. May you go from here knowing the anointing you have from the Holy One, you belong to Jesus. May you live deeply in him and experience the fullness of life and complete joy that is found only in him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You are dismissed.